Bonnelly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What the deal be, everybody? Yo, this is your boy, Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope you're doing very, very well here in all the places that you reside, here in Chicago, here in all the places that you were at. Please make sure you're out there washing your hands, washing your butt, making sure that you're doing what you need to do because COVID is real. All the variants are out there. It's like Spawn is out there. It's like Carnage is out there. It's like all the super villains are all out there. So make sure you're washing your hands, washing your butt, Making sure that you would do what you need to do. Wash all of it. Don't be like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Wash your butt. Don't do it. You got to do it. Make sure you're handling all that business. I want to thank you all for being here. We are right now on the front page of Twitch. We expect to have a wonderful amount of folks rocking with us today. It is a very special episode of Spawn on Me because this week we are celebrating 400 episodes. This is our 400th episode of spawn on me i would have never thought that we would have gotten to this number uh so it is amazing that we are going to be doing that today rocking with everybody in the chat rocking with everybody here in Chicago, who absolutely are the folks who have made this happen none of this would have happened without you none of this would have happened without the support of all of you at home none of this would have happened without all the wonderful folks across almost eight years of content uh, doing this work in this space, spotlighting, representing, and and showcasing people of color in the video game industry. So, I am I am full of emotion today. I am excited. I am happy. I am thinking about all the people who are out in the world doing doing what they do. Uh, I'm throwing a fist up for all the folks who walked out today during the Acti, Activision and Blizzard uh, uh, walk out today, walking with in solidarity with you all today, thinking of you all today. Um, and, and again, if you missed the episode last week, uh, you missed a banger. We always put out dope stuff. We have a lot of good stuff coming uh, in the weeks to come. But tonight, I am so excited uh, because it is always a really dope way the universe talks to you. The universe is always finding good ways to tell you good things. The universe is always putting good people in your path and always putting good opportunities for dope conversations in your path. I am excited because this week on the show, we have the editor-in-chief of Kotaku. We have Patricia Hernandez rocking with us, coming through to Bracago. What the deal be? How are you doing? How's everything going? Good, good. You know, it's been a, uh, it's been a hectic day. I had to take a nap before I got on here. So, yeah. 400, man. Great years. Yeah. Big, it, big milestone. I, I am happy to share the day with you again. I think um, when I when I think about folks that I want to kind of bring onto the show, folks that I want to kind of uh, continue to spotlight and continue to kind of give good space to 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 show their dopeness, I think of folks like you who have been in the space in the space for a minute, doing some fantastic work and making sure that you are also doing that work with the work that you've done, not only in the writing space. Uh, over at Kotaku and in Polygon and then back at Kotaku uh, as the EIC, uh, but across this across the industry, I think I think you continue to put out good work and, and fantastic energy in this space, and you are, are doing uh, the work that needs to be done every day with the work that you put out into the world. So thank you for for being here tonight, and thank you for oh, for thank rocking you for sharing this big day yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah. 
the so, front page of Twitch. Yeah, I we think should... first time yeah. for me. Oh, for me. Oh, oh is it? okay. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. I mean, we will see how it goes when you when you check in the chat. The chat will be wild tonight, uh, in in the best and potentially worst ways. But that's not about them right now. It's about us hanging out, us talking about, you know, the work that you've been doing, talking about the career that you're that you're having. Um, and, and the work that you're trying to get done in this space. So again, first, thank you again for, for being here. And also, congratulations, because I hadn't had a chance to actually tell you congrats on becoming well, the EIC you. over at Kotaku. It is a big deal. It is not a thing that is to be taken lightly in terms of the breadth and depth of the content that you get to purview, uh, to, to, to have purview over, uh, and and to, to, to deal with the masses of wild-ass <laughs> takes out here on the internet. Uh, that yeah. go along with all that stuff. So I ask you how you're doing, not just for the the pleasantries that go along with running a show, but because I actually give a shit. I care about <laughs> how you feel, and I care about how you're doing. Uh, because this wild out here in these streets, these streets are wild, no doubt. So, so you doing okay? You holding yeah, up? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been trying. Uh, it's because it's it's complicated, right? It's not just that we're doing a work that in some ways is like sensitive and complicated, at least over the last the course of the last week. But I think even uh, during times when we're, you know, just just trying to have fun or something like uh, you have to be really careful about what you say, right? Mm. So, and in try, I think I, I keep thinking about this in, in this way, which is that because I give a shit, uh, the the level of, of just anxiety is directly proportional to that. The more that you care, the more of a curse it is in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, and it was also just funny because like, I, I'm trying to adjust to, the realities of having the job, right? Because it's it's different uh, yeah. than the the roles that I've had before. By which I'm charitably saying that I've I've lately not been great about time management, just because mm. at any given moment, like twenty different things are happening, and uh, I actually I keep missing therapy. And then my therapist was like are you trying to avoid something here? I'm like, no, God, I need every, I need your help, please. <laughs> I'm just bad at like knowing when I am right now. I'm like that Mr. Krabs like <laughs> meme. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you say that. And, I, and again, I think that that comes through in your work. I think that, I don't think anybody who's been paying attention to the work that you've done in this space would ever come across the idea or feeling like Patricia doesn't care about you know the work. The Patricia doesn't care about the the, the industry. Oh, but you, care you about that okay, stuff. okay. But you say that. Yeah. But my experience has been that sometimes you like, and I get it because I do it too, and I'm trying to stop. But like, I, I think it's very easy on the internet to just give something the most bad faith reading possible. Yes. Uh, and in a lot of those cases, I feel like, you know if you are familiar with my work and if you've ever spoken to me, you would know that that's not the intention at all. Now, on the other hand, you can make the argument, right? That if it's being read the wrong way, then did we do our jobs as writers in communicating? Mm. Arguable. Uh, on the other hand, can we ever uh, know like what is going to get like screenshot, like out of context, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I think that that's the, 
the hardest part about doing this work is, and the thing that I have been struggling with a bunch, this is going to be a conversation about like, Patricia, what do we struggle with? Because uh, I think there's a little bit of that too uh -huh. for me too, where I think the, uh, I care a lot. I, I care not only for the people who work in this industry, I care about the health of the industry. I care about the way that we talk to each other in those spaces. And I also, as a person that, that, that leans super lefty to, to for, for my, in my politics and my personal politics, I just want everyone to, to not just always truncate everyone down to the last thing they might've said on social. And it's hard. It's hard. I feel like Twitter yeah. is not built. It's, it's built. No, it is built for like, you know, taking things out of because you can't say too much in any given tweet, right? Like there's right. only so much nuance that you can put on there. And because algorithms uh, reward any sort of engagement, like it doesn't matter if the discourse is like just laughingly bad, you will, you will see it. I feel like no human beings are not meant to process this much information <laughs> on a daily basis. Never mind. Like I saw that. Did you see that tweet? That was like, uh, about like aging, like a year. I've consumed like an, a year's worth of internet in like an hour. Oh, oh, for like sure. That. Like it feels. I mean, it feels like that every. And I and I'm, you know, talking about therapy. I have also done the whole conversation with therapists over the years to be like, I, there's this interesting balance between when you do this work, especially if you're doing anything kind of news focused, is you feel like you need to be tapped in because if you're not, if you're not tapped in, yes, you're missing uh -huh. the story, you're missing the angle, and you're also missing, if you're trying to, you're missing the greater context around a particular story. Um, mm -hmm. So it feels like I have to always be on, which I know is bad for me, but also I know yeah. that it's a part of the work in a, we in a weird way. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that there's also a layer of that too, where the conversations that we wind up having with each other across the internet I always find it really interesting where people kind of get the MIB blinky thing that removes oh, everybody's yeah, uh -huh. like memory for shit. And it's mm -hmm. just like, if you know a person is pretty decent over the course of their career or the course of the work you've seen them do, it is that one small thing that will snatch you up that everybody's like, all that good that you did is all negated. Mm -hmm. And I think that I that mean, is a okay. weird space there. I I agree with you. I'm in an effort to, you know, be charitable to if I'm asking for people to be charitable to me yeah. in in trying to give that back, I also recognize that you know, in having a platform, there is a responsibility with that platform and I don't want to make it sound like you know, oh no, stop being mean to me like uh yeah. that or, or like not hold me accountable. But I also do think that you know, there's kind of like a tendency of like I don't know, like purity tests to kind of uh, on Twitter, I think, especially to kind of seem like you're one upping each other or something mm. like talking past each other. When in a lot of cases, I think even if we fundamentally disagree on some things, if we were sitting in front of each other and talking <laughs> about it face to face, you would not have that tone with me or like whatever. Nope. I wouldn't have that tone with you. <laughs> like I, I, there are so many times, and, and I think it's especially hard because, uh, again, you know, in kind of thinking about like writing and being like a good communicator and all this other stuff, yeah. I think there is a tendency for anyone who is like more on the progressive side, more on the leftist side, or even, you don't even have to be progressive. I think if you're any sort of like minority or like marginalized in some way, the way that people will read you is totally different. Mm. Like, I feel like certain types of 
a lot of gaming media, uh, like in, I don't know, like a decade ago, was capitalizing on like this very like angry, sarcastic tone and a lot of people gave those people grace that like even as they're like cursing left and right even as they're like taking something down that like no you still know that they're like a good person you trust in what they say and there's like a lot more just like room for these people to exist as people and i think that's that's hard for anyone i think in the writing space because everything gets planned right like it all hinges on on the words uh, versus, you know, I saw that uh, Jeff Jersman. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his his name. Yep. About Jeff how Jersman, like yeah. uh, in in a podcast where he called something total garbage that like there was a debate over like whether or not they should title the actual podcast that. But like that's an example of like people can say all sorts of shit but yeah. because you are hearing say that you've like you're familiar with their work over the years you hear their tone whatever you will give them the benefit of the doubt and i feel like that does not always happen when we're talking just about writing i yeah you're totally you're totally right i i fully agree with that i think that there's a layer of that that is depends on who the person what who the person is that's saying the thing i think kind of older like legacy content creators in this space, especially white dudes will get a lot, a lot more of a benefit of the doubt across a lot of different avenues in that space. I think there's also a part of that conversation that is dependent on the outlet too. So like, I think Kotaku gets an unfair amount of shit. That's reasonable to say. Um, I think the energy that moves towards Kotaku has, has been very, very negative for multiple reasons and for multiple angles. A lot of it, undeserved and then sometimes a little bit of it deserved right a little bit of the conversation that moves around the the space of kind of um what's what's the term that i'm looking for it is kind of adversarial writing right or an adversarial Uh writing tone um Uh i i talked we talked a little bit about this before the show to to make sure that there's no like landmines that we're both stepping in or that that i'm putting in, in your path but it was like i was critical of uh, a particular article that came out a couple weeks ago or a week or two ago around the 2k uh, xcom thing um for the folks at home there was a there was a a title that was like 2k what was it let me just make sure i'm not i'm quoting uh correctly. 2k I, I might misname it but i think it was 2k quietly releases new xcom game uh, that a new like XCOM game that looks like shit yeah yes. something like that yeah so that came out and I will, I will say exactly what I had in my tweet because I again I want to I want to lay the foundation in a good way. Um, I said maybe it's a personal trigger at this point, but I'll preface by saying there are so many dope writers at Kotaku, but when so many article titles have this layer of snark for me, it brings about this unnecessary nose in the air vibe for me. That was what I shared in the tweet. I do, you know, I do honestly think that a lot of negative reactions to certain things are kind of this question of it's not just do we disagree it's yeah are we disagreeing in a way that you are implying that like you're better than me or that i'm like a worse person than you are like and i think a lot of that has to do uh you know with the nature of of what we write like the in in writing i'm not saying i'm talking broadly i'm not talking about this specific article but like in writing about things that matter inevitably in some roundabout way we are talking about 
values, what people mm. believe in, right? Like you look at the thing uh, today on the on the walkout for the Blizzard stuff. There's yeah. a there's a lot of soul searching happening. There's a lot of people kind of trying to decide, like, am I supporting workers by like boycotting the game and not playing it, or like how mm-hmm. how 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 do I contribute to this? What is my role in in that? Um, so I I kind of get it on some level, right? Like, uh, I think there's, especially for like mainstream media or whatever, there's kind of this sense that like, uh, we're not really populists that like, you know, there's kind of, I don't think you think this, I'm, I'm talking yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah. broadly, like yeah, sure. in, um, you know, about being like, I don't know, like coddled college kids that like aren't in tune with the world, stuff like that. Um, which is always funny to me because like, I hated my college experience precisely because <laughs> it was that, like, yeah, I didn't have yeah. a good time in college. Yeah. Uh, you know, like my mom grew up making like, or she raised me and my family on like 25,000, 30,000 a year. And one year of tuition was like triple that, like you're, I, I don't know. I, I think people make a lot of assumptions over uh, backgrounds and like kind of, you know, assume that you must be coming from, yeah, kind of like looking down on people. And, you know, I, I'm not talking about this specific article, yeah. but there will be times, I think genuinely when, you know, we are saying maybe you should give a shit. And yes. that's hard because video games are kind of, very deeply linked with escapism, right? You don't always want to be hearing about, I don't know, like the how a game treats the police as it, it relates to like uh, policing in the real world. Like, why can't we just focus on the game and, and blah, blah, blah. Like I get it on some level and there are times, you know, when I'm engaging with something and I, I'm like, you know, I don't agree with this little aspect or whatever, but I kind of need to turn my brain off to, enjoy this um and i wish the people kind of realize that uh you know we grapple with this stuff too when when we point something out in a game that is say like arguably problematic it doesn't mean like we want to like cancel the game it usually just means that like maybe we should think about this like maybe we should consider this in like you know if if video games are as important as we say that we are then as we say that they are, maybe we should be making more intentional choices along the way. And it might be that like in thinking about this, you would still make the same choice, but like, I don't get the sense that there's always like, you know, the, the thought process going on in there. And I think it really depends on what type of person that you are, right? Like I am the sort of person that like, well, I I told you that I'm like, kind of like an anxious person. I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, like my actions and stuff like that. And not everyone has, not everyone has a tolerance for that. And I get it, you know, and especially right now during a pandemic, like (laughs) why, why make your life more complicated? You're just trying to survive. A lot of people don't have jobs right now. Like I get it. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And I, and I think, and, and, and thank you for sharing that. And again, I think the reason that I was fussy that day was, and, and, I, and I'll even take a step back. I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this right before we jumped into this particular conversation of like, 
there is a lack of wanting to give people grace, right? There's like grace. There is like on the internet right now, there's no, no grace. Like there's like nuance is gone. Grace is gone. And, mm-hmm. and redemptive arcs are kind of gone. Even if you have done something that is not, you know, something that is not like the worst thing on the world, there's like really no way for you to get back to a good space where people are going to be like, we can kind of rock with you still. People kind of get thrown away all the time. There are people who deserve to get thrown away. Absolutely. But there's also some people who don't deserve to get thrown away. But I think mm-hmm. that the thing that I, when I came to that conversation and, and shared what I shared, me having worked in this industry for a decent amount of time on kind of a bunch of different fences, the thing mm-hmm. I care about is as a person who is on your side already, like from, a, you know, most of the folks who, who, who are writing for the site, I love their work. I think they're really smart. I think they do pretty fantastic work. And I think if you think about the way that Kotaku has been writing for a while, it does feed that layer of the kind of um, let's talk about things in the most realist way that we possibly can. Some of it for me is a little bit more angsty than I think it needs to be. Again, that's personal opinion. But I think at the crux of it, it gets to the nut of what the thing is at the end of the story is like, yeah, this is a gotcha game. We know what gotcha games do. We know how they can be harmful to people and all that kind of stuff. The thing I the thing I appreciated was the both the things that you shared in your kind of um, larger piece around what your hopes are as EIC for the for the for the site. But then also the kind of rewrite on, on, on the piece where the title was changed. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that was important because I think that that's also a, um, it's not an apology, but it's a course correction, right? And those course corrections mm-hmm. are really important for, for not only the site to keep the health of the team together, which I think you as an EIC are, are probably always thinking about in the most ways of like, how do I keep my team safe, especially in that space? But also, even if you take the conversation that was like, if you leave the thing as it is and just leave the the, the way it was written in the initial time, there's a layer of games writing right now that is kind of sick of the audience's shit. Like, that's real. Like, hmm. there's a part of that, too. I do wonder, though, when uh-huh. it does come out in those ways from writers who, at the moment, when they're writing their headline and they're writing this thing, it does that feel like to get across to the folks who are not on the the shittier side of the internet, but the folks who are like in your camp already, but who are going through a pandemic and who are on social all the time, who are seeing all the terrible grossness that happens in the world at large. Do you feel like when things like that go out and hit the public sphere, that that adversarialness that usually goes towards the bad actors in the, in the industry winds up kind of having a splash effect on the community as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's hard to say because I have not specifically spoken to any of the developers that have worked on the game. I don't necessarily know how they feel. I do know how, you know, some other developers felt just in general, like, you know, the, the, the thought of, cause game development is tough. I recognize that, you know, a lot of these games that we play and like beat in like an hour took like years (laughs) and years of like work from like hundreds of people. I feel like every working game is a 
nothing short of a miracle, you know, yeah. and often uh, kind of held together by duct tape. I kind of, I like, in that sense, I get it. On the other hand, I don't know. There were so many different things that I can talk about in, in relationship, in relation to that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that, okay, how, how should I phrase this? In the, the conversation is you and I can say that we technically want the same thing, right? Sure. For things to get better. Maybe we disagree on, on the aims for, for that, but also kind of like at the end of the day for journalists, should not consider themselves a part of the industry. You can't be a watchdog if you are like a part of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and in that sense, in that sense, the relationship should be a little adversarial. I think like you, that's our role. Yep. Uh, but in this specific case, like, you know, what do I, did I agree with the headline? I probably wouldn't have written it that way. Sure. Uh, but like, I fully believe that that's what the writer felt. Uh, and at the end of the day, one of the many things that I said in my piece was that like, it's important for us to talk about games truthfully that like, we, I feel like we fail the reader if we post something and then like, you know, with our friends, that's not how we think and talk about it at all. Uh, but then you do get situations where like, if if we are being honest about the way that we feel about a game, like maybe it's not always going to reflect like great things, right? Like, yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, that makes sense. I'm, and I'm with you on that. Like, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to make my personal gripe about that particular thing or the vibe that goes along with that to be the the kind of main pull away crux thing. The thing I worry about, not only for the health of the industry and the people who work in it, the people who are uh, the folks who are coming to your site and coming to all sites to kind of look at content, to kind of get their, their view on a thing is it just feels like in a, in a world where the, like we've become more terse and we've become more, um, we become more curt in the way that we talk to each other. And, we, and there's a layer of nastiness that has, has, has infused itself into the world in a way that um, that kind of sucks. It weighs you down in a little bit in, in that way of just being like, man, like I, I don't want to have to try to figure out how to, how to fight my friends and my enemies all at the same time when I get online every day to do that work. And it feels like, and this is for, this is personally for me from the, from from some of the pieces that have been in there and some of the conversations and, and some of the stuff that I've just seen is just like, it feels like in, at least in the past year or so. And again, this is before you jumped onto, onto the ship and, and at the helm and probably even a little bit before that, there's this energy that comes from the space that I just feel sometimes is a little bit unnecessary in the way that it hits with the, with the, with the audience. I think. Are you saying that the vibes are off? <laughs> the vibes are off. And, and, and it's a way mm-hmm. that, that in a way that I want to just like reach out to folks and be like, I know where you're coming from. I feel you. I know you're frustrated. I know that people are shitty and I know that people are doing this stuff. And I want you to continue to do the work of saying those things out loud because it's really important. I do think though, that there's a layer there that's not saying 
that you have to nice, nicey, nicey. That's not a word. Nisi. I remember her. She was on the TV show uh, that you have to, to make nice language for people so that you can give things with kid gloves. I do say, I do think though, that when that energy is in the space and it's always there, or it feels like it's always there in the writing. I, as a person, Wait, I dis I disagree with that. I disagree with that, mm. but I disagree that with that because I see the number of things that we publish, but I also recognize yes. that like not everything that we publish is going to create this shitstorm, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I think yeah. I I tweeted something uh, at some point and deleted it because I end up deleting like ninety percent of my tweets. That like ultimately <laughs> we might be defined by our worst, not by our best, right? Mm. Yeah. But it's uh, there's uh, there's so many different things that are going on here. One thing that I recognize is that many game developers, to me, seem tired and exhausted and kind of terrified of not of their audience of mm. of the people who would like you know say garbage on Twitter or whatever. Like I, I keep thinking about it in, in this way, which is that like if a popular franchise is played by like millions of people, it doesn't take millions of people to ruin someone's day. Yep. Right. And I feel like there's there's definitely an environment of like kind of like entitlement that's happening of, of like people being like just just angry. Angry and like you know you, we can be talking about like how uh, a gun in a game was like changed slightly and people will just send like death threats like just yeah. completely yeah. out of pocket like and i recognize that developers see that all day all the time if if they're uh any degree of online so then you get this kind of like complicated situation where it's like it's we in a way are kind of in this instance i think seen as like contributing to to that um kind of environment those those vibes mm. do i i'm I've, i might not agree but i uh but i think that's kind of how some people saw it where it's like you know i've here i am kind of trying to keep it together under like because again making games is hard yeah. you put all this time and energy maybe you know you undergo crunch uh i don't know if, if you're a, a woman or marginalized like you see shit, experience things all the time you come online and you know you you did something totally benign and everyone's mad at you or whatever and then here you see a headline possibly that like the blah 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 is shit. uh yeah, yeah, i yeah. i recognize that that does not feel good on the other hand, it would just be very interesting for me to hear from, and I and I am interested in this. I haven't had time because there's so, so much, much stuff that's happening on. right now. But <laughs> like in talking to the actual developers of the game, like because yeah. I feel like there was a lot of kind of speaking for them. I, I think it's it's hard for me to gauge to what degree. Like, you know, do did they think that was fair? Did they think that was out of pocket? Like, I have. I have no idea. Yeah. I would love to talk to them, uh, you know, to, to just like kind of clear the air because there's no ill will. Um, but then, you know, you, you talk to, I think part of the reason that the, that all this anger happens on, on the, on the gamer side or whatever is kind of this feeling that like over the years, uh, these big companies are just like, taking advantage of people and i'm not talking about like 
gotcha. I'm talking about like, you know, re- releasing games that like quote unquote aren't finished are just in like in a broken state, mm-hmm. uh, and and just kind of thinking that that's okay or putting in some cases, you know, putting predatory like monetization things into the games and people just kind of feeling like you know that that they're not respected that they're that they're uh, that their time is not being respected that like they're seen as just like a, a wallet uh that like uh, that's that's kind of what i see um in terms of like why people are so angry like it's not even about the thing it's just this general yes. sense <laughs> that like these big corporations uh are not looking out for the interest interests of the gamer or whatever the things that used to just come in a game now are like sold as dlc or like you know a lot of stuff like that well the sense that like they just want to get as much money from you as possible and the thing that you are getting might not even be in a good state which no i know i agree with you i think that there's a layer of that well I have two theories about that. I think, and, and the one that I think is the most um, uh, kind of reasonable, but also unreasonable is like of any other industry of any other media form of entertainment or anything that people really enjoy or love video games are the closest to the consumer cat booty are the closest <laughs> thing to the actual end user that you can get. Like I can't roll up on somebody on on at the Ford, you know, production line and be like, "Yo, you suck at making cars, B." Like I can't do that, right? But video game players are the closest to the people and the process, while also not knowing the most information about how the actual process works. So, people- right, because a lot of the things that I just described aren't necessarily the company trying to like. Yeah. Uh, nickel and dime you like yep. it might just be the realities of of game development and people don't understand that but on the other hand you know there have been some sort of kind of like shit show situations of games releasing in just like what the fuck state so it's like yeah. it's hard because yeah. we're not always talking about that but that's what people remember right they, they remember that one time that they bought a thing and it wasn't at all what was like promised or whatever and they just feel like they're being taken advantage of or someone was lied to or whatever. Is it always fair? You know, you look at a thing like the No Man's Sky situation and there's a lot of the talk is like, you know, we were promised X or Y. Mm. And it's hard because developers, you know, like aren't necessarily, I think about this a lot, which is that the things that are, that get revealed at say E3 are sometimes you know, there are vertical slices that are just showing a part of the game in that moment. A lot of shit might happen between that moment and what you get at the end. Oh, yeah. But like the second that you show it, it's going to be taken as a promise. (laughs) That's what people will expect, right? Like it's, I guess what I'm saying is I, I kind of understand where everyone's going and I kind of understand why everyone is like kind of on edge. And especially right now during a pandemic, you know, like, Another thing that I think is that, like, where are we not in this situation where we are in a pandemic, all kind of stuck inside, Mm -hmm. uh, no, no big game releases or whatever, that suddenly a a mobile XCOM game becomes like the discourse. I don't know that would that would have happened 
if we weren't in oh. all these in with all these different like <laughs> it wouldn't have i doubt it with you like i'm with you on that i don't think it would i think i think there is a layer of it that goes along so many different parts of the culture right now right we're in the most feelings part of the the like the most feelings generation that we've ever seen with an avenue to share those feelings externally in a way that you can't pull back and that you also um can can have the most blowback from 10 years no 15 20 years ago you said a thing in the early online and probably nobody saw that shit now mm -hmm. you say the one thing that you had in the morning when you just stubbed your toe and you got no job in the next five hours <laughs> so like it's such uh -huh. a different space, right? Where like the thing, like you said earlier, of like we are consuming more stuff than we ever would have consumed in our lifetime, and I think that that's uh -huh. the reason why. And 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 I want to I want to pivot to, um, kind of the future of where you want Kotaku to go because I think, uh -huh. you know, my my to 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 tie a bow on the end part of this part of the conversation. My hope is uh -huh. that for not only Kotaku, but for the rest of the media space. And I'm a part of that media space. Shit, I'm doing a podcast right now. Is that when we do have the conversations about the shitty things, is that we also try really hard to uplift and put out stories that show the people who are busting ass and trying to make things better and trying to do good stuff in the space. Because I do feel like with the way humans work and the way that humans work in terms of the way that they have been wired to just focus on negativity. I do think that a little bit of that infused infused part of it that some people would say is, you know, uh, is, is not even toxic positivity, but it's like trying to kind of like, uh, flood the market with a, with a, with a feeling that isn't really there. I think a lot of that is because people aren't trying hard enough to showcase that stuff. And I would hope mm -hmm. that the space would hopefully give more energy to some of that, so that not in a way that's like we need to change our our potential image for this other kind of thing but because i think it actually like makes people have a better understanding of the industry and the kind of full breadth and depth of the industry um so that's my that's my hope for that and i would think that i would then switch that conversation over to you to say when you're thinking about what you want the future of kotaku to be the, I feel like you're 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 starting at a deficit. Let's be honest. Like I think there's a deficit mm -hmm. because of all the <laughs> negative energy that has been put on the on the on the outlet for a long period of time. We have the conversations that went with Gigi and all those other parts of that 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 stem from that. And then it's also again we have this very hostile part of the audience that never forgets. Right? They worse than the cats who is selling t-shirts in front oh of Oh my God. Yes. I get people, I, people quoting <laughs> things when I just, I was literally still in college and like, I don't even, did you see that thing when Vidme uh, got uh, bought by like a porn company and yes. like there was those screenshots <laughs> going around about like a Kotaku Fallout 4 article, me reading that and being like, oh, I think that's X writer and then clicking through and finding out that it was me. Like I have turned into like five different people. <laughs> Not to, I feel like I've I've uh, I've derailed what we were actually talking about, which is that, yeah, you know, like uh, coming in right now, there are, there are so many different things. Yeah. Uh, on on the one hand, you know, we are severely short-staffed. I saw one mm -hmm. of uh, one of my writers uh, tweet something that was like, "Just so you know, IGN." 
has the same number of people on their social media team as Kotaku does full-time writers. Yeah, like that's don't know. And, the, and the fact that we are spoken of in the same breath, mm-hmm. I don't think people realize is like crazy. Like mm-hmm. it's it it blows my mind all the time. Like what we're able to do with the resources that we have, and those resources right now are uh, you know uh, dwindling by the day as people you know pursue other job opportunities like or maybe stop writing or like whatever what i'm saying is that like people some people are leaving the site we're going through this period of of transition uh we are hiring some new people like we uh carolyn uh petite is is going to join us in in uh, very soon i think next week maybe but like in because of that limited resources you have like a moment like right now mm-hmm. take right now that there's like a torrent of just not great news yeah. in covering that to the fullest extent that it deserves we now do not have any resources for writing about the game that we are enjoying yeah. right now and maybe that's not important right now but like uh, this is just to like illustrate like you know the the problem that we are facing every day which is if we are writing about things that matter usually you know that that might not i'm not talking about the XCOM article i'm talking about like mm-hmm. injustices whatever like you know like a bad story come out of a studio whatever the that are necessary stories but also like not great vibes i guess yeah. and in in wanting to do that justice we don't always have resources for writing about like here's a cool game that, that we played or, or whatever. And I'm hoping that in hiring more people, we will have more room to do that. Cause you know, the, I don't think there's any website out there that actually accurately reflects the things that people are playing and what they're enjoying. Cause there's just, there's not enough time, Yeah, you know, there's yeah. not enough time. And I also think, you know, in, in coming in, one of the things that I'm kind of, facing is thinking about what kind of foot we want to put forward right like i do agree that we have a history of kind of like being snarky and to some degree i do think that that's important because it in many ways it kind of allows us to say the quiet part out loud yes and i don't well and I know that no one is saying like you shouldn't speak truth to power or whatever, but like I also recognize that like in that in trying to do something different or in trying to do something that matters or whatever, we are going to have misfires and the the I want to say like oh like we we learn from it, but I also recognize that like you know the people can be harmed by what we say like it's not as simple as just like oh you know like we'll do better next time like uh, i i recognize that i i do think a lot about like i don't know the because there's a sense i think among journalists that like that some of the industry is like a little like smarmy or like deservedly like, so <laughs> like a toxic yeah. positivity sort of deal and i get why it's necessary a lot of the times right because like, like we said people get harassed and all this other stuff but it mm. also does mean that like the things sometimes like not great shit gets 
you know, swept under the rug under this guise of like, let's all be friends. And like, also just fear of like saying the wrong thing and then not having a job prospect. The industry is like not that large, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, there uh, people will not say bad things about like, if they weren't enjoying a game or whatever out of, because it might affect whether or not they can get a job. And then the other aspect of this, I think is that like some of the, people that we are technically in the same orbit with their job in many ways is to be like hyper positive right because there's this perception that some journalists are paid for coverage which is not true but (laughs) influencers are influencers are and people like that's that drives me crazy because a lot of times they're like this is who i trust above all else and i'm like that's the person that actually gets paid to to only tell you like good things about the game it's 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 complicated it's it's complicated it is so wild and thank you for saying that because i think that that's um that's one thing that drives me nuts too which is like and this is again i think this goes back to the conversation of we we have a really interesting overall gaming community that thinks they know what they know but only up to an actual certain percentage of what that means but will also blinky blinky mib themselves into forgetting the things that they have said in that in that space which is exactly that thing of like oh i will absolutely take this this youtuber's uh a word over this person who has over, done their research and has done that stuff and absolutely is, is it is against their ethical uh, uh um, um stances as a journalist to be able to take money for those particular things uh, i think that has also been a really interesting conversation that that always gets kind of thrown away because people again just don't pay attention to to what that actually means and um, even that's complicated because like you know the the economics of it i i think a lot about you know what's what's happening right now with the activision games and kind of getting some calls of like yeah. you know if you guys were actually progressive like why are you still writing about these games or also i think at some point some uh, I, I guess our ads were like of a certain game or whatever and like that dichotomy right of them on Mm. the one hand we're like condemning these horrible things on the other hand you might see an ad for like the whatever whatever game made by the by the company in question what i think people don't know is that there is a division between editorial and business we don't get a say in what the ads are because if we did they wouldn't be as shitty as they are mm-hmm. as intrusive as they are like and that exists for a reason when people say like you should see about getting rid of that thing on the site you are then crossing the streams how can you trust us to speak honestly about things if we are at all considering where the money is flowing like yeah you know even if you know you want to be objective if you are thinking like oh this person this entity spent however much on the site uh if it even enters your brain it could affect what you end up saying at the end and that's the reason that 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 like firewall exists but then you get yeah that like messed up situation where like 
I don't know, we wrote something today about a troll in New World Amazon's MMO where yeah. they like took up the the username that said like Amazon official or something and were like giving out facts of of like shitty Amazon practices. But I also know in writing about that there's like a sidebar probably that like is like buy this game from Amazon on on oh, the for ad. Sure. Yeah. There's like yeah. this deep disconnect between in some ways like the realities of how things are funded and how ads work on the internet. Like I, I had this interesting conversation with someone where they were mad that they saw an ad for a certain game on the site. And it actually wasn't necessarily that there was a campaign for that game. It was that the targeted ads know you like games. And so it's showing you the thing <laughs> that it knows that you might want, want to be interested in. But then that's taken as like, oh, you must be supporting right this thing and, and, and then that be, even becomes complicated because have you seen that discussion today about how like people are saying like don't cross the picket line with the playing the right. activision games and then the developers actually being like we didn't say that we don't want you to play right. the games what we're trying to do is to create a safer environment for us to make this thing that we love yep. we don't want like we poured our hearts into this thing we don't want you to just like throw it in the trash can that's like years in love right of work but it, but it is this kind of like the way people think about it, who, again, it's like I think of industry folks, I think of press folks in this big bubble and the folks who are outside of it, again, just don't understand how some of that stuff works. And also it's really interesting because the folks who will be mad at you to say, I don't want to see that ad because you just talked this, you just wrote this piece about this particular thing will get mad at you and then also still have their ad blocker on. So it's like the same people who are like <laughs> not helping you actually keep and 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 be sustainable as a as an industry and as an entity are the first ones to talk shit about how they want you to kind of remove the other layers of the income streams, even though it has been talked about for decades about what that looks like from a journalistic standpoint of saying, look, we don't take gifts, we don't do that stuff. They're, the people who you do see taking gifts are folks who are usually on the influencer side of things. If you see that from any other folks, usually that's looked down upon uh, across most outlets in the way that that winds up working. I do think though um, that alongside all of that, and I think again, there's this, we could talk about that forever, about the 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 conversations between the, the 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 stuff that people who are actually within the bubble and the people who are outside of it how that conversation actually works in real time and in real ways as opposed to the way that people think it works uh, which is very very mm -hmm. different um i do want to give you a little bit of time to 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 dig into like you know with kotaku kind of being under this new under this new leadership with you at the helm and you thinking about, you know, the way you kind of want to, you know, keep your your team safe too. First of all, how is the team doing? Because I know that, the, again, like I, I follow a lot of folks on the team. Uh, we had someone in the chat ask about how they're doing. Are, are, folks, are folks okay? Because again, it's like so much energy that is thrown towards them on a daily basis. How are folks doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone is okay right yeah. now. And when I say anyone, I mean like the game, the gaming industry at large. Anyone in, in that sphere is probably having a hard time yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's a stressful time and not just because of what's happening in the news, although that's like not easy to deal with in any way, shape or form, but also 
because of the transition period that I am talking about, you know, people leaving, we are already below headcount, which is to say, like, not at the number of people that we had at our max. And even within that, more people are leaving. And so, like, everyone is kind of, like, putting in double time, you know, we're all, and especially right now with the news breaking stuff is happening at, like, whatever, whatever hours. I think on Saturday... Uh, me and Ethan Gatch were up at like 3 a.m. getting the the one of the many statements that were made in in relation to the Activision stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there are, there are long hours being pulled right now, but also you know that's kind of the the nature of the work. News happens when it happens. Uh, I also think you know that in in many ways uh, Kotaku is kind of like a trial by fire <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Even before our current management situation, you know, the thing that led to it was a lawsuit. Like it's never, mm. it's never been a chill time over there, uh, which does wear people out. I think that's part of the reason that some people are leaving. It's just the the sheer trauma of like all these different things, like threatening your job, changing your job reality. Like you know you. Anyone who experienced the uncertainty of the Hulk Hogan lawsuit, like AIDS, oh, like God. a decade, just and that's just, you know that that almost seems like I forgot that that was like a, a part nice, of the whole nice, thing was the Hogan time. thing. That, yeah, oh my God, yeah. that's right. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I, but on the other hand, you know, we, I I recognize that like you know we have a union. We like mm. you know. I would not say that the wages are always great in the game industry, but like I try my best to take care of people. Like I recognize what I'm trying to say is that like, I recognize that in some ways we come at it from an, an area of privilege. Right. Um, But uh, that's also part of the reason why it's important to try to be mindful of the, the platform. Um, in short, I think everyone's having a hard time. I'm, I'm trying my best to, you know, give everyone grace to be very generous with uh, with time off or like mental health stuff, like as as needed, because we on we don't need to be in. The moment is hard right now, but even sometimes when people write about like completely like innocent just whatever stuff, when they're writing about things that they are actually joyful of suddenly you see the n-word like just out of nowhere for no fucking reason and like that's just what people are like dealing with on a on a daily basis and it's or like i think one of my writers was recently talking about how like their people were going after their family or something like Mm -hmm. you know how the internet gets just like i'm not trying to say that this is like unique to game journalists i think it's just the the uh, a thing that happens if you are online at any given if you are an online person you will encounter some aspect of harassment at some point uh, but even within that yeah you know uh, the thing about Kotaku is that uh, n- no one feels neutrally about it you either love it or hate it it's very <laughs> rare to find like a middle opinion about it like just whatever and so it does kind of mean that people are reading discourse about their own work all the time and Mm -hmm. if you've ever experienced that you know that that's just like the worst it's just like seeing people (laughs) talk about something like on principle like kind of detached from the people because it's like important to talk about as like a whatever uh yeah not not 
great. Uh, can be very trying. Not everyone deals it, with it very well. On the other hand, what I keep trying to remind myself, even as like I'm reading the the hundredth take on whether or not it was a good idea to do X or Y, that like I guess I would rather be driven just like mad by this conversation than have people not give a shit at all and yeah. just ignore what what it is that we are doing. So. Yeah, I I I know we're coming up on time for 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 your part of the show, but I, and and thank you for sharing that. I think that's that's super transparent, both from a from a logistics and feels part of it, which I think is really important. I think um, the reason why I was so excited to have you on the show is because I really do think that you are trying to make the space better. I think the the work that came out today. Uh, that put a big spotlight on everything that's happening makes the space better. I think that's that's absolutely true, um, and I applaud you and the rest of your team for for being for being honest about that and putting that work out because it's not easy to do. Um, Thank you. The, the I other the other that. part of the, that I that I want to leave you with before we before we go to our break and I let you go is the thing I the thing I took away from your kind of you know what I want to bring to the table that I really respected was. A, willing, a willingness and a want, and this, I think there was a little bit in the piece, I think it was right after the kind of the, the shit piece happened, the XCOM shit piece, was you tweeted out about, I'm working through this in real time. Nothing, the ship isn't going to turn overnight. It's going to mm -hmm. take time to get to the place that I'm looking to hopefully get this platform in this outlet to, and it's going to take time to get there. I think there are a lot of people who don't have the foresight to think about it in those terms. So always want to try to make the switch happen really quickly and do it in a way that is detrimental, not only to the outlet itself, but to the team that is the, the, the backbone of that work. It made me really happy to see you uh, take this role because I know you will do it with care. And I think that that to me was one of the things that I really appreciated about not only the, the kind of main piece about the kind of direction that you want to take the, the, the site in, but to know that, the 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 timber of the conversation will have someone at the helm who gives a shit in a way that I don't think a lot of people do. Um, so for me, that that meant a lot as a person who absolutely has been critical of, of some of the kind of energy that's been coming out of the site of late. Um, and I and I am critical not because I don't uh, appreciate the folks who are writing for the site and that and I don't appreciate the 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 the, the articles that are coming out. It's just that I I want the space to also be uh, more reflective of energy that feels like it's bringing us kind of together. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's hitting the mark. Um, but I know that you're trying and I know that you mm -hmm. care and I know that you're trying to do that with the team that you have built and the team that you're going to build over the next couple of years. So, um, Trisha, thank you so much for, for being here tonight. I, I, I no, really do you appreciate for, you being here. Thank you for sharing 400, 400th episode. I, I feel, you know, very honored to be here with you you giving me this platform you know first time front page on twitch thank you hey i want you to come back please come back i think i think again like <laughs> yeah, you know. there's always there's always good conversations to have around all of this because i do think that we are all are in this together i don't think there's some some antagonistic part between most folks who are in the in the, in the industry on the on the kind of press and media side i think everybody really understands that we are in unprecedented times we are going through some real wild shit that's happening that's happening that nobody expected and we're all kind of figuring our ways through it and i think that you know being uh being introspective and 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 doing that work publicly is very very hard 
Um, so, so it gives me, it gives me massive props for being able to do that uh, across a not great internet uh, <laughs> who doesn't yeah, give a I'm shit about your feelings. <laughs> my hardest to be transparent and be open with people about the difficulties that come with this because for all the blowups that you see in on the internet or whatever there are a million other ones going on just at the company itself yeah. in ways that like you know i i can't talk about or like even in just you know trying to build the team that i want uh it means that because i don't have the team yet i'm hiring uh that we can't we can't do anything different if we don't have the the team yet we can't be ambitious if we don't have the resources to like take different kind of swings or to do things differently i get that people you know at, at this point I, I don't even remember when i started but i think it's been a couple of months maybe two or three months uh, which is an infinity of time in <laughs> internet land. Uh, but also, I realistically speaking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like pursue a lot of what I described up until maybe know, like end of end of year. And during that time, I'm going to try my hardest to, you know, make people see us as people and not just, kotaku.com the website that looks down on you and thinks it's like better than you or whatever like because that's not it I, I feel like it's even sometimes like weird for me to talk about like kotaku as an entity because we don't all agree with each other yeah. so it's like so wild to be like kotaku thinks x and y and i'm just like i don't think that <laughs> i guess maybe this writer does but like what um but no one thinks about websites in that way and i get it you know for better or worse we are an entity of many different things coming together under the same banner i um, as hard as it is given both the public scrutiny and also the in in many ways setting the bar very high for myself in writing that post uh and like being honest about being ambitious and wanting to change things as much as it it's like hard to try to like juggle all these different things i get again it's nice to know that people care are invested in what the site is or what the site can become uh i i would rather read a million discourses on whether or not the headline it was the right call than just have no one care yeah yeah and i and i think you know with that said, we push together one one day at a time, you know, like we'll, we're no one is going to get it fully right. We're all trying to figure out the best ways that we can uh, to kind of put good content out in the world and to reflect the ways that we feel and, and, and want to be in all of these spaces with so many forces that are out of our own control. Um, I think a lot of people forget that in terms of the conversation within their own selves and the external energy that they wind up having come towards them is like you can only do what you can do. The internet will always win, but you will always be able to say your piece in a way that hopefully resonates with people in and outside of your, your, your group. So um, thank you so much for being here. We're going to take a quick break. 
Uh, everybody in the chat, give it up for Patricia. She's amazing. Super, super dope to have you. Uh, and go check out Kotaku. They got dope stuff coming uh, for everybody there. We're going to hit another break, uh, about three minutes or so. If you're here on twitch.tv slash me, we'll see you after the break. Everybody in podcast lane, we're gonna, also going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Bricago. Merrick Kay here from Fanbyte. Did you know that Spot On Me is a part of the Fanbyte Podcast Network? We produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something? <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> and take your questions about the best jokers. Labars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really oh, good- wait, give, me, Sorry? give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cost you a vacation. Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. If you missed the first part of our show, you missed a banger with the editor-in-chief of Kotaku.com, Patricia Hernandez, who rocked it tonight. So good. Such a fantastic awesome conversation i i think again like the work that that the patricia and the crew over kotaku is doing is not easy work it is extremely hard work i think that people continuously don't understand how hard it is to be able to do the work that most of the folks who are in the journalism space especially in the gaming journalism space are doing again you know i, I came to the table with a little bit of with a little bit of mini beef about like the the way some of the stuff kind of works but i think the 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 overall timber is that we're all trying to get this thing done together. I think most of the people who are, were, uh, who are in this space are not doing this work because they don't give a shit. I think most people who are doing this work, they care a lot and they want to make sure that the space is good, especially around the thing that we all love. And a lot of things that we will spend so much time and effort being, uh, good at and wanting to see get bigger. So, Massive love to all of you at home who have been listening and checking out everything. Um, I'm I'm excited. A lot of stuff dropped today. Some of it I couldn't get to because I just was in the middle of work orientation for most of the day today. So I couldn't really see some of the news. The thing I did see, um, and I need to go back to, to go actually look at it, is um, to talk about um, Halo Infinite's uh, initial gameplay showing. Um, I'm going to probably do another small episode or at least some other tertiary content that talks directly to that because I didn't see enough of it to talk about it on the show tonight. Um, I just missed it and wasn't able to catch it. So um, it wound up being towards the middle of my day and I was knee deep in in, in interviews and, and other stuff and, and, and orientation for, for the new job and all that kind of stuff. I'm seeing some good energy from the chat saying it was good. Um, I saw Paris Lilly, um, cooker of bad food, um, talking about it online uh, earlier today. Um, and, and I saw a lot of good energy towards 343 uh, about how everything is kind of looking in that space. Um, but 
because uh and let me just do a quick look around the internet because i want to see if there was any other stuff that i remembered that was actually pretty interesting and decent um i got a chance to play um the uh remake it's not a remake it's a reimagining of what paragon was um in a game called predecessor today um they had a, a small stress test um, and I got a chance to play it and it feels like Paragon again. And I'm really excited about it. Um, of course, more of that's going to be out uh, Friday of this week. I think uh, it's going to be more people jumping in and playing it uh, because it's going to be more open to it to more folks. But from the initial showing that they had, of course, there were some glitches of getting things together. I am really excited at bringing that game back into the fold. Predecessor might be the thing that actually gets me back into that MOBA feel, that third person MOBA feel, because it is, they're, they're nailing a lot of the stuff. The, a lot of stuff that made that game good, they're nailing a lot of that stuff. I think that that is gonna be a thing that is pretty damn fantastic and pretty damn awesome uh, to, to, to get any of that stuff together. I think what I will do, um, because I just didn't have enough time to actually get it together is and and chat let me know if this is a thing that you'd want to want to see um over the past god we've been partnered for maybe four years now on this channel on on the, on the twitch channel we've been again podcasting for almost eight years we'll have our eighth year in january of 2022 um which is wild because now we're on our 400th episode uh today which which makes me reminisce about all the stuff that we've had on the show so many fantastic guests my question for all of you at home would be would you want to see me do a stream where i pull some of the clips from some of the old shows and 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 just reminisce go down a, a quick memory lane reminisce uh with all of you here on twitch bring back some bring back some episodes that had reef and c and tanya on it uh to, to, to kind of showcase some of that stuff uh, you know, I don't think that would be great for audio. It just doesn't really work that way. But for video, it would be kind of fun to do it on Twitch. Um, I'll try to dig through some of the, the, the clips that are here um, in the back end and see how far back they go, because I think there may be some good stuff in there to dig into. Um, but I want to say before we get up out of here for this episode. Um, oh, matter of fact, let me read that thing. Let me go find it real quick, because um, I think it's a perfect way to kind of talk about the show um in all that in all those ways but i i to be fair i would have never thought that our show would have hit um 400 episodes it is whew, it is it is a wild thing to note uh that we finally hit this milestone um it is it is super cool to 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 ride this wild super wild roller coaster with all of you here in Bricago. Um, uh, usually when shows like this happen, I usually cry. I ain't going to cry this time. Cause that's not the way we do things here at spawn. I mean, we don't cry here. Uh, we sniffle and have snot bubble cries, uh, and that kind of stuff. Swift killer. Thank you. Um, but I do want to say, I, I do want to read this, which I think was the thing that, um, kind of came at the perfect time. And I think, you know, I, I believe in the universe kind of telling you that you're doing well. Um, I believe that it takes a really good amount of good energy around you to continue to do work like this for this long. I'm looking at so many people in the chat tonight who 
inspire me and who make content that I love and that are, and that are brilliant in this space and, and are people who have taken the time to, to wish me well, have taken the time to really pay attention to this show as an entity and, 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 and give it love and, and give it a space. Uh, uh, black Kevin saying from being a baby shirt gangster to spawning me 400. Love you sucker. Love you, black Kevin. Um, that tells you how far back we go, uh, that we had the BSG, the baby shirt gangsters from the original show. When I first started doing content, which was called character select way back in the day. Um, that's the first show that reef and I ever did, um, uh, back in the day. Uh, on on Google Plus, that's how far back that show goes. We did that show on a shitty internet co- connection on Google Plus. Uh, and shout out to Sean for for making the B, the BSG a thing uh, with the with the baby shirt baby shirt gangsters. Um, but I want to I want to leave you all with 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 some good vibes. I want to leave you all with something that came from an email that I shared um, on Twitter. Uh, no, yeah, that I shared on Twitter uh, yesterday. Um, it was a, it was a brother from, from the UK, uh, Matthew Atkinson. And I just want to share the, the, the letter that he gave me. Um, he says, dear Khalif, he says, bear with me. It's a long email. He says, I only just came across the Swanami podcast in the last three weeks. I joined very late to the party. My bad, but trust me when I say I'm catching up from the very start eight years ago, and I'm up to date with the latest episodes. I just wanted to reach out to you to spawn on me to all the listeners and watchers to the podcast and all the decent human beings and say, there's a white guy from Manchester, England. Every week you educate me, make me laugh, make me love gaming more, make me love all, uh, make me go all in on gaming more and love the whole space more and community more. What you have to say about all situations, including within gaming in real life and the Activision Blizzard lawsuit recently is just perfectly and brilliantly eloquently executed by you and to the people that matter into your space. So thank you. It says, I'm totally with you in the direction that you want to go for this, this, this direction that we all want to be going in. And you've also taught me to love and enhance my own personal space more and to bring in the people that matter most in the space. And also as a dad, I have encouraged my son to create his own space as well within gaming. If that's what he likes and wants to do. And that is dope. I really hope you read this out loud on an episode, maybe a spawn on me. And uh, if you get time uh, to just one, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I really hope that you read this out loud on an episode of Spawn on Me. If you get time uh, so that people, so people will know that we're all here together and to love each other and all that. You're setting a great example and going places we all should be going. You sounded deflated a few episodes ago uh, about where we were in the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, but hey, you know, that's what that, that's where that goes. Just keep fighting and believing what is right and keeping everything morally up to date. He says, uh, P.S. Uh, oh, he, he had a quote in there from Francis Boas that says, if we were all to select the most intelligent, imaginative, energetic, and emotionally stable third of, of all mankind, all races would be present. And he says, peace, Matthew Atkinson, Manchester, England. P.S. I have wash your hands, wash your butt, printed on a T-shirt. I wear it with pride. Much love. Um, That's dope. That's dope. That is great. I think, you know, when we when we think about what we want to do here, that's the stuff that ma- that's stuff that matters. That's the stuff that means that all the stuff that we see in the space, we're pushing hard, and we're and we're trying to make dope things happen. So, with that said, I'm gonna get up out of here. Take care, 
love on each other make sure you're doing all that work 400 is not the end it is just the beginning we have lots of dope stuff coming for you down the road massive love to you all in the Bricago. you are the, the the engine that drives this ship um and we continue to do dope stuff for you all wash your hands wash your butt and get up out of here we'll see you all very very soon until then we'll see you all next week on the swan of me podcast and i'm out much love